Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to my podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of one, a stepmom of three, a coach, an entrepreneur, and a conversation opener, bent determined to live a kick-ass life. You are looking for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life. You are listening to the right podcast. Life can be hard, really, really hard. But I believe that it's possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. In fact, I'm grateful for all life's challenges. I really, really am because I really believe that overcoming the tough stuff makes life that much better. Each week, I am going to bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts that will inspire you to live your own version of Kick-Ass Life while bringing you along as I create my own. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today I have a question for you. What would you do if your stepchild came to you and said that he or she wanted to get a dog and bring it back and forth between mom's house and dad's house? So essentially not only would you be co-parenting a child or children, you would be co-parenting a dog. Would you think about it? Would it be a hard no? Would it be an absolutely? Would you, you know, weigh the pros and cons? Well, today's guest found herself in that situation, and the outcome shocked her more than anyone, and actually landed her and her stepdaughter in the New York Times. Today's guest is Chloe Caldwell, and in this episode, she tells us the story of her biggest stepfamily stressor yet, and what it taught her about parenting and step-parenting. Now, I connected with Chloe this year through my online community, and she has fast become one of my favorite fellow stepmoms. And about six months ago, I told her that I wish that we could sit down and have a glass of wine together and talk about all things stepmom life. And in this episode, that wish came true. Now, before we get to the episode, as always, be sure to let me know what you think over on Instagram by tagging at Jamie Scrimger. And you know what? Actually, let me know what you would do if you were in this situation yourself. And if you haven't yet, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. But if you do leave a review, please remember what your mother taught you. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. All right, let's get to the episode. This is a really, really good one. Chloe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I am a big fan of the podcast. It's awesome to be on it. You know what? I was just thinking, you know, I was like, how did we, I feel like I have this friendship relationship with you. We've just kind of like met through this community and you popped on and I was like, do you have a glass of wine? And uh, I was like, you go get a glass of wine. You went and got a glass of wine and we're finally having that glass of wine. So not all my podcast guests get to have wine with me. So this is big. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I wanted to bring on a glass of wine and then I didn't know if that was going to be like unprofessional and then as soon as I clicked on, you were like, do you have your wine? So I paused the pod and now I have it. Yeah, I'm like, professional isn't really <laughs> how I roll. So that this is perfect. So I'm so excited for this conversation because I think it's a really important conversation and you have a really big lesson to share with all of the stepmoms and basically all the parents actually who are listening to this podcast. So I'm so excited for this. Now, before we dive in, can you just give us a lowdown? Who you are? What do you got going on? What do you, What are you all about? Sure. Um, so I am a writer and I didn't go to school for writing. I'm a self-taught writer and I started um, publishing books in my 20s and I mostly write personal essay and memoir. 
And I've also published one novella. So I have two essay collections out and one novella, and then I have a memoir releasing in 2022. And I teach personal essay and memoir as well. And I feel like when you write that genre of personal essay, then you're always reflecting on your life and looking back and thinking and rehashing and wondering. So that's something that I have really connected with, with your blog post and your podcast, because you're always also like looking back on your life. Um, So there's some kind of overlap there with the kind of writing we do. Yeah, I love it. I love looking back and be like, how could I have done that differently? Or what was the lesson there? How can I, you know, move forward in a better way? And yeah, um, exactly. For sure. And I think that's really important, actually. I think that if you're not reflecting on your life and you're just kind of going through the motions and not trying to find the lessons, you know, you're being complacent. And I don't know, to me, that's really no way to live. But, you know, each to their own. I'm all about personal growth. I think it's how we grow. And when you write, you can't hide from yourself. Like if you're just going through life and, you know, things happen and you kind of numb yourself out and just keep moving on without looking back, I think things can really manifest and get ugly. And I'm sure they would have more for me. But I think writing is something that continually grounds me and helps me become a better person and see the patterns that I have and see areas of my life where I want to grow. Mm -hmm, Totally. And do you ever find when you're writing, it comes out and I'll say, whoa, I didn't know I felt that strongly about it. It really teaches you something about yourself too. Yeah. That's what I always tell my students is like, because sometimes they'll start writing and they think that they know the story. Like, okay, I'm going to write a story about this. And I know the beginning, middle and end. And I say to them, do you ever write for discovery? Because when you write and you don't know where it's going to go and you don't know what you're going to say and you don't know what the lesson is and you just let yourself write. And I think you do this. You're a big advocate of getting up and journaling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's what it is. When you write for discovery, totally, you figure out what you think. And then something comes out and you're like, oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know that was bothering me. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And that's why it helps me a lot with my anxiety and just kind of going Mm -hmm. through my step family issues and just anything that comes up because you start writing and and you start to discover how you're feeling about things. And then you start to kind of check yourself and realizing, you know, what you may be doing to contribute and just all comes out and you're like, whoa, okay. Um, Didn't see that coming, but that (laughs) really, really helped. It's really, really therapeutic. Yeah, it's really therapeutic. Um, I love it. It really, writing is what makes me happy. And I just feel really glad that I was able to make a career out of it and do what I, what I like to do. I mean, on the other side of the coin, I have a ton of personal shit out there because of my writing, but hey, preach it. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm okay with it. Right. Like that's, uh, it comes with the territory. Yeah, no. And I feel like, you know, everyone can learn from everyone else's experiences. And when I put something out there and it's always the things that I write that, I feel like I'm going to throw up when I press publish or it's the blog post that for six months is in my head and I really want to write it or it's in the note section of my phone. And then finally I, I just put it out there that it goes wild. Like everyone wants to hear it. So I think that, you know, it's, you're, you're helping people by sharing your story and sharing your thoughts. That's what I think. Cause I think that's why we read too. Like I read to feel less alone or you read something and you're like, Oh, I thought I was the only one that felt that way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of meaning to it. Yeah. I love it. Now you are a stepmom. 
That's I am stepmom, obviously. So yeah. um, want to give us a lowdown on your family. So you are a stepmom to one sweet girl. Yes. So I am a stepmom to a 10-year-old girl. And we met about three years ago. I met her and my husband in 2017. And pretty quickly, we, we got engaged in 2018. I actually proposed. I kind of turned, flipped the tables there. And I proposed to him in 2018. And then we got married in 2019, uh, last May. So we have been married about a year and a half. Yeah. And so what is your schedule like with her? Our schedule is pretty regular. Um, We do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with her. So she will usually be dropped off Thursday, early morning, you know, nine-ish. And Uh, sleepover Thursday. We have the whole day with her Friday. She sleeps over Friday and then she goes back to her mom's Saturday evenings. And it's always been about that. Um, The schedule has stayed pretty consistent when we're not traveling. Um, My husband is a musician, so there's times he's out of town a lot. And so there is some flexibility within it. But for the most part, that's our schedule. And it's nice and it works. Yeah. And I love hearing everyone else's schedules because there's so yeah. many different schedules out there. I'm like, okay, how's that work? How's transition day with there? So yeah, love well, hearing that. I just that. read about, I think it was in that memoir, Stepmother, where the kids went back and forth every day. So they would do one day at their mom's, the next at their dad's, the next at their mom's, the next at their dad's. And I couldn't believe it. I've heard of situations like that. To me, I feel like you would never feel settled. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when Darren and I first got together, we had a two-day, two-day, three-day schedule. And man, I didn't know what was going on. And I felt like it was so hard to plan anything. And I remember my stepson. So he was my youngest. Stepson was mm, five or six at the time. I remember him looking at me and being like, I don't know where I'm going. Like, Because they would go (laughs) on the same bus, but they would have a different drop-off. Mm -hmm. And it was always so confusing about where he would get on and where he would get off. And so we ended up switching to the week on, week off, which I love. I think that it's a long time to be away. And I feel like I would never want to be away from Reese for that long. I just couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine. But um, when it comes to scheduling and just being able to organize your life, I feel like it works really well, especially now that the kids are older. Yeah. With a week off, you can really, I mean, you can travel, you know, you can, you can really plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. Maybe we'll experiment with that at some point. For now, this is, this works well. Yeah, especially. So this is the whole kind of reason why we decided to pop on here. You guys, your stepdaughter just got a dog and uh, there's a story there about this dog and co-parenting relationship and and all the things. Right. God. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. It's been such a shit show, but we've processed it. Like it went by. So it's just so funny to think in May, I was in such a different place. What are we in October? And it's really interesting because you were part of this whole journey as was the exclusive stepmom community. Um, so this journey has just had so many, so many parts to it. So you're like, where do I even begin about this freaking dog? Where do I begin? (laughs) Oh my God. So I guess I'll, I'll begin in I want to say it was March or April. That said, a year earlier, she had also asked for a puppy. So this wasn't out of the blue. She had asked for a puppy to go back and forth between homes. And we said no. And I came up with the idea of getting – she loves stuffed animals. You know, she was eight or nine at the time. And 
um, I said, you know, what if you get a stuffed animal that goes back and forth between your moms and your dads? And she loved that. <laughs> and she got the stuffed animal, named it Waffles. All That's only well. going to work for so long. You knew that, <laughs> exactly. right? That she was only going to buy into that for so long. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even know that. That's the funny thing. I was like, okay, that's settled, you know? Um, so exactly. So she grew out of it as one does. And it came up again of, of wanting a puppy to go back and forth between homes because she was having a hard time sleeping at our place, not at her mom's. And her mom lives in the country, um, on a, you know, dead end dirt road. And we live in Hudson, New York, and we live in like downtown Hudson where it's louder, you know, we're in the city. So she wasn't sleeping well. She was waking us up in the night. Um, we tried a million things. I started like going crazy and researching and, you know, looking for the solution and like researching sleep studies and sleep techniques for kids. And I, you know, I made her a list of like things she could do when she gets up and like she would have warm milk. She would, she would listen to the Calm app, um, sleep stories on the Calm app and all of these different things. But really she couldn't fall asleep without one of us getting in the bed with her or being in the room. And it got exhausting for everyone. And she felt really bad about it. And all we were all tired. I was like dreading going, you know, that feeling when you're going to bed and you're just like, am I going to be woken up in an hour? Like it's horrible. So I was having anxiety and this went on for a while. And um, she asked us if she could get a puppy to go back and forth. And my husband and I said no. And we didn't even have a conversation about it with each other. My husband and I were both like, no way, it's not happening. We don't want that. This is not a good place for a dog. We don't want the responsibility of a dog. It's a hard, hard, hard no. Like it was not up for discussion. Meanwhile, her mom said yes. So this was a pretty sticky situation, as you can imagine. And I mostly stayed out of it for a while. And my husband and my stepdaughter would talk on the phone about it. And she would send him articles about how dogs help anxiety. And <laughs> she She's kept doing her research. Totally. And she, she said she wanted a puppy that was good at transitioning and how some puppies are good at it. And <laughs> so everything we said, every point I had of the dog is going to be confused going back and forth. She, she had a rebuttal. She really, really didn't push back. And we have a really good relationship. Like we had hit it off immediately. Like there was no awkwardness and we were just, you know, BFF. This was the first time we had a conflict and it was hard. It was really, really painful to be the person who's not giving the kid what she wants and to have to come down that hard. And I really thought she would understand, but she, she knows herself. And she was like, I, I need to get a puppy. And so her mom and her went to get the puppy. And this was around late May. My husband and I was our first wedding anniversary. And we were we were just really upset. Mm -hmm. And we weren't sure what was going to happen with the schedule and what the hell was going to happen. And I posted about this in the exclusive stepmom community and, you know, ranted about it and asked questions. And people were really helpful and People agreed with me and some people had horror stories of having a puppy go back and forth. So I was like, okay, I'm right. I'm right. You know, and then I talked with you and you were great and you didn't, thank God, you know, push me on it and say like, well, why not? Maybe it's good. You know, you backed me up in that. So that was really helpful. So I, I was talking with everyone about this and 
everyone said, oh, you have to say no, like keep saying no. And we did. And then here's where things got really tough was she couldn't sleep here. Like she, whenever she was here, she wasn't able to sleep at night. So she said she wasn't going to sleep over anymore. And we said, you can't come here with the puppy. So what do you do if, you know, she can't come here with the puppy and we're saying no puppy. So basically she can't come to our house anymore. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, as much as you want to say, well, no, it's our schedule time and you kind of want to force them to come. Forcing a kid is also it's not going to go over well either. Yeah, that's what we were thinking of. Listen, your puppy can stay at your mom's and you can come over. It's a puppy like you don't need to be with it 24 seven. And she disagreed. And we were like, this is going to be such a mess. Like the puppy's going to ruin our house. It's going to like shit everywhere. You know, all of these things. And I know you've talked about this too with about you and Darren about like coming up with problems that don't exist yet. Mm -hmm. And we were doing a lot of that. Like looking back, we acted like we could predict the future, which, you know, is true. Like puppies, yes, they are a lot of work. So in your defense, I don't think you were irrational about it because Puppies are a lot of work. And historically, or yeah, you know what? In most situations, when kids want a puppy and they say they're going to take care of the dog, they don't. Exactly. Uh, That's in most situations. And dogs are also, yeah, a lot of freaking work. Uh, I'm like literally petting mine right now. So she (laughs) stopped scratching at the door. And I would say I'm the only person in this house who really looks after this dog. So your concerns were valid. Okay. Yeah, they were. They were valid. So we're like, yeah, the, it's just, it's not going to happen and and your puppy can't come here. So then we backed ourselves into a wall, really, where our schedule became, if we wanted to see her, we would go to pick her up and the puppy would come and we would do like a day trip with the puppy. Mind you, this is during a pandemic in New York, so everything's closed. So what could we really do besides go on a hike. Um, so we would go on a hike and then bring her back to her mom's and it started to create so much work for us. We were driving all the time. She wasn't sleeping here, which felt really sad. You know, the whole time I've known her for three years, she never hasn't slept here. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, what are we doing? So then we started to, the rules started to loosen a little bit. And we said, well, maybe in, you know, three months when you've trained the puppy, Bella is her name. When you've trained Bella, she can start coming over. But then it just all started to get more and more complicated. And yeah, it's sort of, it's like hard to explain right now, but you know how it is. Like with a kid, you start to question, why am I making my life so much harder for this rule that isn't really making any sense or doing anyone any good? No, totally. And you know, ideally, Ideally, in this situation, you and her mom would have come up with something. You know what I mean? You guys would have talked about this instead of, you know, one parent saying yes, the other parent saying no, and that kind of stuff. Like, that's the ideal situation. But I think what's important to consider is that we often don't find ourselves in ideal situations. So there's often situations where the mom's house makes a decision that affects dad's house or vice versa, right? And and that's just the reality. And that's the reality that you guys found yourself in. Exactly. And that's why I wonder how much of this was my husband's and my frustration or anger at his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Like how much of this was having a no to her 
because she had made this decision, which affected, you know, it's a domino effect when you're in a co-parenting relationship. So how much of this no was actually like a boundary to her, but then what ends up happening is that boundary actually comes out on the kid who's in the middle. Right. For sure. So that's what I wonder too, is like, maybe we were actually angry at her for saying yes without speaking to us. So we started to bend our rules a little bit and Bella would first we would try, okay, she can come over in the day. And we also said, you know, you have to show us responsibility. Like if you show us that you are actually training her and you're the one who feeds her, you're the one who walks her, you're the one who does everything, we will consider it. And she did that. And she proved that to us. It was definitely, we thought she was going to get the puppy and then it would either be her mom's puppy or an hours or just hours. But it really truly was her dog. Like she was the one it listened to. She was the one that was with it 24 seven. They slept in the same bed. Like it was her thing. So we started to see, okay, maybe you were onto something with this because then she, we said, okay, we can try her sleeping over one night. And then the sleep problems did go away. So we were like, okay, maybe we should have thought about this a little bit before saying absolutely not. This one is for the stepmoms. If you are loving this podcast and are looking for more next level conversations and support, you should totally check out the exclusive Stepmom community. Members of my exclusive community get access to interviews with experts such as lawyers and estate planners and therapists and parenting experts, get tell-all podcasts with Darren and I, monthly live Q&As, a private forum off of social media where you can get individualized support from me whenever you need it in the Ask Jamie section of the forum. And you can also connect with other like-minded stepmoms who are also trying to improve their stepfamily life. Basically, it's about having next-level conversations that most don't feel comfortable having on social media and, quite frankly, should not be had on social media. You can lock in for $5.99 a month, which is less than $0.20 a day, and you also get access to discounts on -on one-on-one coaching packages, my course, Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life, and my ebook, 100 Run-On Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. You can sign up and get all the information at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And if you have any questions, be sure to let me know. You do get to say our house, our rules. And and that's the thing. I I don't, because I do want you to consider that, right? You weren't wrong in that you guys did not want a dog in your home. That wasn't something that you guys wanted and thought was best for your family. But yeah, and that's where it gets complicated. That's where co-parenting situations are different. And I think a lot of stepmoms and a lot of just anyone in a co-parenting relationship, we get caught up in the my house, my rules. And these are the rules here. These are the rules there. And there are situations where you have to sometimes meet in the middle or you have to pick your battles. And I think this was probably one for you. And I didn't see it coming. I was, you know, helping you navigate through this and- then you had this article, you you wrote about it in the New York Times. I was like, oh my God, she has the dog and she's wrote about it for the New York Times. <laughs> like what the heck just happened? I know the story changed so much. And you're, you're so right because historically puppies are a lot of work and the kid doesn't take care of it. So I wouldn't be sitting here or I would be, but I would be singing a different tune if we had gotten the puppy and it was a nightmare, right? Or if we had gotten the puppy and my stepdaughter just neglected it, like it's a whole, so we were lucky with that. I guess for me, the lesson is like giving kids a chance, like to hear them out a bit more before doing the my house, my rules thing. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's really, it's really murky 
because this is a dog. I mean, this is a big ask. This isn't like getting a trampoline or something like this is a living, breathing thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But over time, what ended up happening was we're like, wow, okay, she does seem a lot less anxious. She's like singing again. She's dancing. She's really, really happy. Like I had never seen her so happy before. And so that's when I'm also like, okay, this person who you love is so happy by this puppy. And this puppy is really helping them get through the pandemic and helping her sleep and showing her responsibility. So it's like what you talk about a lot of like checking back in with yourself. It's like, is my no really teaching her the lesson that I thought it was going to teach her mm-hmm. that like, oh, you can't get everything you want. Like we're teaching her a lesson. That was our whole thing. Like we're teaching her this amazing lesson. Like she has to learn the word no. <laughs> and then you see this kid like growing and doing these amazing things. And like she does dog training lessons. And and I'm like, okay, I don't think this no is really serving anyone. Yeah. And so at that point, and this is where it takes some a parent who's big, right? To say, Okay, yeah. well, maybe this wasn't the right now. Maybe we need to reevaluate things. And I I don't think that everyone has the capacity or I guess the willingness to do that. Well, it's hard. Like, it's embarrassing. I didn't want to say I was wrong. Like, I wanted to be right. I really, 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 I, I wanted to be I really right. Like being and I right thought too. I was right. I thought I was right. I didn't think there was any room that I wasn't going to be right. I thought she was going to be like thanking us later for like, oh, thank God I didn't get the dog. <laughs> like, I thought 1000% I was right. So that was pretty humbling. Right. I, and I and I get that. Now, you, what would you say your biggest lesson about step parenting or even parenting from this is? There's a couple of things. I think one is patience. I think I, I mean, I know that I am very reactive and, you know, when your husband comes home from dropping off your stepkid at their mom's and says, oh, um, they want to get a puppy and my ex says it's okay. You feel, I felt very triggered. So well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And so did he. So I think our trigger of feeling like, okay, this crossed the boundary. Right. Yeah. No shit. So being triggered like that, you can't see clearly. And I do think that's when it became maybe not so much about my stepdaughter and more about the parents. So I think that's one of just being like, okay, what am I reacting to right now? Am I reacting because of the parent? Okay. Can I take a breath and think about what's good for my stepdaughter. So that would have been helpful, easier said than done. And then I think the other thing, and you talk about this a lot, is playing the long game because it's like, okay, I'm married to this person. This child is my stepdaughter. I'm going to be with them for years and years, hopefully forever. So having that foresight and looking into the future and thinking about her as an adult and the things that hinder you as a kid and the things that hurt you and just thinking, okay, do I want her to look back and be like, oh yeah, I I stopped having that much of a relationship with my stepmom and my dad because my puppy couldn't come over. Do you know what I mean? Like just thinking Mm -hmm. way into the future is really helpful for me because I've never had to do that in my life. Like 
my life was always like I was single for a long time. I was kind of could do whatever I want. I didn't have to like look 10 years ahead. So for me, looking 10 years ahead was really helpful of being like, you know what? Life is short and puppies bring actually a lot of joy. Yes, they're more work, but it's like bringing our family joy. So do I want to look back and be like, oh, yeah, we we said no to that joy or do I want to just kind of surrender and be like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Like, well, let's give it a chance. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And you said something in your article in the New York Times because you shared this whole story and I will link that for everyone who, if they want to take a peek, but you know, at the end of the article, you talked about the importance of apologizing to kids and uh, yeah. why do you think this is so important? And like, how, how did that come about? Why did, why did you include that in the article? I think I read this somewhere and forgive me if it's like somewhere on your, on the exclusive stepmom community or somewhere, but something where the person said, we're not raising kids, we're raising adults has really, really stuck with me. Because I think Mm -hmm. so often parents look at kids as just an extension of themselves and like, oh, well, that's my kid and my kid, you know, and this kind of ownership and thinking of them as a grown person looking back. I don't know about you, Jamie, but like I remember if someone apologized to me or not. And I remember things my parents did or times I wish someone had said, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I it was hard for me to say I'm sorry to her in a way. Like I, like I said, I wanted to be right. And I, I kind of had to choke the words out and just be like, you know what? I was wrong. Like I was wrong about the puppy and you were right. I'm really sorry about that. And I could tell when I said it, she was really touched and she apologized to me too. And it was just this huge moment. And I think it was really healing. And I think if I hadn't said that, there would still be some feelings between us. And I think when you're a kid too, and you think, you know, adults are always supposed to be right and all these things, I think it's helpful for kids to see their parents and their step-parents as human mm-hmm. and being able to make mistakes. So it was hard and it was a little bit embarrassing. I don't think I've ever had to apologize. Like, I don't think I've ever been like that wrong before. <laughs> and so it was, it would like kind of made my stomach flip of like, you have to say sorry. And I, I hope she remembers that. I just think when we look back on our lives as adults, we we remember those those moments. Another reason I did it was because she and she has a stepsister um, at her mom's house. And she told me that they all went to therapy one time. And she told me she said to her mom in therapy, I wish you would apologize more because you never apologize. So I also took I, I noted that. And I realized, oh, that's something that's important to her is acknowledgement of, hey, I'm sorry about that. And it's like, it takes two seconds to say, it doesn't hurt anyone. And yet it is hard to do. Well, we're all human, right? We're all screwing up on a regular basis. And I've even been sitting, I've been thinking a lot, and this is kind of a little off topic, but I've been thinking a lot about life as a stepmom right now. Um, And so we're seven and a half years in and- just how far we've come and how much I've screwed up along the way and how Mm -hmm. I could have done things better or, and everyone's screwed up, right? It was just, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing to do is to blend a family. And, uh, you know, you can always look back in hindsight, it's 2020 and I could have done this or I could have done that. I've always just owned it with the kids. Like I've always Mm -hmm. said, you know, Hey, sorry, I wasn't at my best. Like, sorry for like getting upset this morning. Like, you know, I, I, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have reacted that way. 
And every single time they're like, it's okay. It's no problem. Right. And I, I think it's important to teach kids to own their shit. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. And you want them to do that in their workplace. You want them to do that in their friendships. You sure as heck want them to do that in their relationships and their marriages. Right. You know, it, that's a life skill. Apologizing and having that modeled to you is huge. And you don't want your kid to be like, oh, my stepmom just thought she was perfect and she knew yep. everything. Yep. And I do remember... Uh, a heated conversation with my stepson once. He's like, you think you know everything. Like, you're always right. And I was like, no, actually, that's you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, no, actually, I apologize. I, I, I never want anyone to view me like that, right? Because mm-hmm. you want them to see that it's okay to say, hey, you know what? Actually, you you were right. You had a good point there. Um, good for you. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's great to to see it modeled. And there is that quote, too, of like, you can be right or you can be married. Oh, yeah. I, I just posted that from. <laughs> oh, really? I, yeah. Um, Allison Schaefer said that in the last exclusive interview in the community um, when she was just talking about like COVID and parenting and dealing with disrespect and like differences in parenting and, and values with you know, your partner. And she was saying like, you know, is it really that big of a deal? She's like, amazing. It, I love Allison She's Schaefer. so good. Yeah. She's so good. And she also, it also reminds me of Mary T. Kelly. So she's also been mm. in the community and she was talking about like how stepmoms will often be like, no, it's the principle of this. Like it's the principle, like mm-hmm. they need to help me or they need to do this or they need to that. And she's, and she was like, really? Like the principle, like, is this the hill you want to die on mm-hmm. the dishes? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Exactly. She's so funny. She's great. I those are two of my favorite interviews with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And I think I did want the puppy saying no to the puppy for like maybe two months. I did want that to be the hill I died on. Like I was okay with that. And then over time, that changed. And for sure. I think that's really what it is. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to go down that way. I don't want to. You know, she got a puppy for her tenth birthday, and we're in a pandemic and we're not traveling. So it actually is a good time to have a puppy. That's the other thing that was going on that we were like, well, we can't get a puppy. We're traveling all the time. But then we realized, well, not anymore. So it actually wasn't the worst time to get a puppy. So just kind of, yeah, expanding and being like, how do you want this person to look back on you? I think is really helpful. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think for you though, and and any situation where you're co-parenting a puppy, which is basically what you're doing, (laughs) there's that piece too, right? It's like, I don't want to share something with the other house either. Like the transitioning back and forth. And, you know, I, I, Darren had a conversation. One of the kids said, if, if we get a puppy at mom's, can it come to our house when the kid, like when, when we come? And I was like, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a hard no. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice, we have a golden retriever uh, that no one takes care of. So, (laughs) um, let's not add a golden doodle or whatever it is onto this (laughs) list. But, you know, then you even think about it. It's like those kids are never with their puppy all the time. Right. Right. It's not their fault. It's not their fault that their parents split. So why should they be penalized? exactly how I started to think of it, Jamie. I was kind of like, you know what? I probably had anxiety. My parents split when I was 14. And, you know, Louise was much younger. She was three. But they split when I was 14. And I think I had bad anxiety. And what would it have been like if someone was like, hey, let me help you? And 
not, I wasn't going to get a puppy, but you know, let me help you. What would be helpful? And I didn't have that. I didn't have that kind of role model. I didn't have that kind of support at the time. And there weren't resources like there are now, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I started to really try to inhabit my stepdaughter's shoes and think, okay, she has to pack her bag every three days and sleep in a different bed. And if this is going to help her, why say no? And yes, it will be, you know, it is a compromise and it is extra work. And one of my arguments was definitely like, we can't even remember your glasses back and forth. Like we can't remember your windbreaker back and forth. How are we going to remember puppy stuff? And again, no, you'll be getting the dog out of the house. You, you won't forget right. that dog. It'll be, the dog will be in the car. I know, right? <laughs> but I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Like, this, <laughs> like the stuff that comes with the dog, like the the crate and the toys and the, you know, the food. And then there were all these things. But yeah, exactly. It hasn't happened. I thought that was going to be a huge problem. And it, it just hasn't been. I mean, knock on wood, talk to me in a year and I'll be like, we never should have got the puppy. <laughs> but right now it it went so much better than I thought it was going to go. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think there's a huge lesson there too, right? And, it, and for me, it goes back to the my host, my rules thing. And yes. there's been there's been situations where we've had to be a little more lenient because, you know, you're not in a first family. You yes. don't get to create all, well, you do. You get to create the rules of your home, but kids are going to get to an age where they're going to decide what they want and what they don't want. And then they get to an age where they decide where they want to be. And you don't want to, you know, Again, it goes back to like, is that the hill you want to die on? You know, the half an hour at curfew or the dishes or little things, right? And mm -hmm. you do get to keep your rules, but I, I think there is room for flexibility and there probably should be more flexibility in co-parenting relationships. And it's probably going to be easier on the kids. That's, that's exactly right. And we thought this puppy was going to make my husband and his ex argue a lot more. Like we mm -hmm. thought... All, like, who knows, right? What What if, who knows? There's so many things that could have happened. That hasn't happened, but we thought we were protecting her from that. Like I said to her, you know, your mom and your dad already have some intense conversations, right? She's like, yeah, I, like I hate it. And it's like, yeah, I feel like if you have a puppy, that's just going to get worse. And that hasn't necessarily been true. Like my husband said his, since getting the puppy, his co-parenting relationship with his ex has actually never been this good again, knock on wood, but it, so far so good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the lenience, I think because so much of your life as a stepmom you can't control and is somewhat controlled by this other person and their schedule that when that gets pushed, at least for me, and I think a lot of other stepmoms were very reflexive of like, no, absolutely not. You know, just this really, really hard no, which I think is understandable. But yeah. then- what happens when my house, my rules actually makes your life harder? Like that's, I think what happened to us was the whole, my house, my rules was actually like screwing us over completely. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's, is this working? Is yeah. this working right now? Is this making my life harder? Is it making it easier? Is it improving my relationships? Is it driving a wedge between the people who, you know, are important to me or important to my partner? Right. And that's where you have to ask yourself those really important questions. So I think this is a really good, you know, it's about a dog, but it's actually not really about a dog. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's deep. Yes, exactly. It's, it's really just a co-parent. It could have been anything. I mean, I think this happens. I, I can't wait to hear from, from other stepmoms if anything similar has happened with them, but 
Yeah. Well, you know, was, Chloe, if you didn't get her a stuffed animal when she asked for a dog a year ago and just got the kid a hamster, you might have been in a different situation. I know, right? I kept trying to tell her, what about a hamster? What about a turtle? You know, but she did not go for it. Kids are funny, right? Like they're their own, you know, you have your, you know, stubborn, what, six-year-old? Like they oh, know yeah. what they want and they're their own people. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's going back to what you're saying. We have to let them be their own person. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our rules and what we want and what you should like and what you should do and what you should look like and all the things. And it's like, no, we're raising these kids so that they can be, you know, successful, unique, contributing, happy, happy adults. Yeah. Like you want them to be happy. Yeah. And, you know, what can you do to foster that? Right. 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 Exactly. And it felt really good ultimately to to work it out. I mean, I have to say, I think it really grew everyone's relationship. I think it was good that she and I butted heads on this and we both really grew from it. And then when I pitched it to the New York Times and they went for it and then they sent a photographer to our house and they took photos and it was really bonding for us. It was this amazing thing and it was really crazy and it happened really quickly. So the whole thing did such a 180 very fast. She's going to be like, Hey, you remember when you said no to the dog and you were wrong. And then the New York times came to our house. (laughs) It was so funny. Yeah. And when I got my paycheck from the New York times, I was like, I'll buy you a couple dog toys. Like that's your, that's your percentage. (laughs) Yeah. You actually probably should get a cut out of this. (laughs) Yeah. And she was excited. She's like, Oh, Bella's, you know, Bella's in the New York times. And now she has all these photos of her and Bella. And I, yeah, I said that to her. I'm like, when you look back on the year you were 10, in 2020 and there was a pandemic and there was puppy drama and now you have a photo shoot and she actually took one of the photos that the New York Times didn't use of her and her puppy she had me blow it up to a humongous poster for her room so she's she's happy and we were but here's the real funny thing is she's doing homeschool and I'm teaching her like writing and English and she is writing and she said she wants to write an essay about her version of getting the puppy. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> wah, wah. what have I done? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. I think, again, like I said, it's about a dog, but it's not really about a dog. Right. It's just about, you know, picking your battles, apologizing. Oh, I don't know, just the complications that come with yeah, being a stepmom. Having no freaking control humbled. of your life. That's that's another <laughs> element of it too. So yeah, as as with everything that really is, I did bright. not imagine I would be having a puppy right now. And if you had asked me, it was not in my tier of interests at all. And yet here I am, you know, and it's, there are worse things in the world. So yeah, 2020, yeah. she's a doozer. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Truly. So many, so many struggles, so many challenges, but a whole lot of life lessons. Yes. So many. And a lot of puppies, actually a lot of people Got, got puppies dogs during this time. Did you know that? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been like, I've been hearing that and seeing that all over Instagram. A lot of people got pandemic puppies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life wasn't stressful enough. So everyone just got puppies. Throw a puppy on it. Just yeah. add a puppy. Yep. Yeah. Masks and puppies. All right. So thank you so much for coming on. This was so good. I thank honestly, you for having me. I'm I know a huge I, fan. Well, I feel like we if we lived in the same city or if you lived in my hamlet. Um, <laughs> we would be having wine all the time. It actually probably Absolutely. wouldn't be a good thing. We would probably be having oh, too know. much it wine. Would, 
It would probably be toxic, but no, just kidding. But I positive, love but with what you do, I love what you do for women and the women you promote and your angle of positivity. I have to tell you, when all of this was going on, I devoured everything you have written. I devoured all of your podcasts. It was I would wake up in the morning and check exclusive stepmom community like the way I used to check Facebook. Like it is so, so supportive. So oh thank God. you for thank putting you. all that out there. It was absolutely, it was amazing. But it's funny, when I'm not having step-parenting problems, I barely check in in the exclusive stepmom community. And but then a problem the comes up and you go back in. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And this okay. is, you know, that's the whole point of the exclusive stepmom community because I want it to be a place where you can go when you need support. But when things are good, it's not blowing up your newsfeed. It's not all over social media. You can just live your life and be happy. But then you know that you have a place to go when you feel like you're on the struggle bus. Yeah, you can just bounce in and out. I really, really appreciate that. Like, I don't know what I would have done without that community during during that time because I didn't have anyone who was going through something similar. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very specific situation and it's not like any of my friends had dealt with it. So yeah, it was no, really helpful. I'm so, so glad. So thank you so much, Chloe. Um, I'm excited Thanks, for the community to hear this and uh, I'm sure we will chat soon. Yes, sounds good. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share on social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.